Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody welcome into probably one of the more somber episodes of underground sports philadelphia regarding our favorite teams it's episode number 434 kb and matt coming at you from underground studios uh we have lots of just sadness to talk about revolving around the phillies the sixers uh and then we'll also recap survivor season 42 as that came to a close um you know, after we recorded last week, so we'll dive into that as well at the end of the show. Before we get started, make sure you're following us on the socials at Underground PHI on Twitter and on Instagram. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. If you've already subscribed, unsubscribe and resubscribe because it helps the algorithm out and it makes it seem like there's uh, new subscribers coming through. But it really helps out and helps more people find the show, including our friends over in Armenia where we continue to be you know, near the top of the charts. So shout out to our Armenian listeners. Uh, and of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. Uh, you get full video episodes of every single Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast on our YouTube channel pretty much every single day of the week. So go check that out. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia on YouTube. Uh, click the like button. Hit the bell icon so you don't miss a single video. And, of course, get the comment section flowing with your thoughts, your takes on everything going on with the state of Philadelphia sports. Big thank you to our sponsors who let us complain, bitch, and moan about our favorite sports teams Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. Go to TomahawkShades.com, use promo code USP at checkout for 25% off your order. That's sunglasses, blue light glasses, everything in between. TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP at checkout. For 25% off your order. Kenwood beer. I'm sure a lot of you guys are drinking a ton of Kenny's right now. Right there. Go to Kenwoodbeer.com. Use the Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, Matt? I think we've established in canon on this show that uh, nightmares are technically dreams. That so. they are. Uh, and today another nightmare came true as Gene Segura is pretty much done for the season. Yeah, because by the time he could return, it'd be Labor Day, and I don't know whether the Phillies will have <laughs> much to play for in early September. It is uh, a 10-12 to 12 week injury for a fractured finger that requires surgery for Gene Segura, arguably team's third best player. 
this season, if not better. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where this, this it's June 1st and they're 12 and a half games out of first place. Like, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't help that they've played like 20 games against the Mets already. <laughs> kind of fucked up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is, you know what? We, we missed it just barely you know we were talking like we were coming in a memorial day we're like i don't know it's still kind of something here for this team and within a week it's like actually no not, there's not not so sure that there is there was at least some hope um yeah the memorial day curse strikes again this team just can't get out of its own way the 2015 um, phillies lost 99 games and were eight and a half games out of first place on memorial day that's tough i mean it doesn't help that you have like one of the best records in baseball that's what you're competing with but still um it's not really an excuse because also this team is very expensive it's not like this is a uh, the pirates have a better record than the phillies right now that's tough so yeah i was doing some stat dives because i'm just like what is it about this team what is it that's so stupid but then you like look at the stats it's like the phillies are like 11th and everything that mm-hmm. you kind of want to be good at and then they're like bottom 10 and everything you don't it just sucks um this I found interesting. This is from TeamRankings.com, which is one of my favorites. I don't know how to, they define close games exactly, uh, but this is Major League Baseball team win percentage in close games. Um, do you have any guess like what what you know, where the Phillies might be in win percentage in close games? I have to imagine close games is within like two runs. runs. That would be my guess. I'm gonna assume not very good. Uh, they are um, tied for third worst with the Red Sox. Only the Reds in Miami Marlins have a worse winning percentage in close games. The Phillies have a, a three forty eight winning percentage. Jesus Christ, three forty eight. They're also. Um, I found this out today when I was like looking through. They're way worse at home hitting wise too. Like they, their run differential compared to home in a way is like should not be what it is. Uh, they score way more on the road for whatever reason. That had to have been that Dodgers series. It must have been. Um, they scored like 12 runs a game. But that's stupid. <laughs> so there you go. There's our Phillies. Wow. Yeah, let me uh, let me, let me me pull up the Phillies. Yeah, so they average uh, 3.85 runs at home, 5.17 away from home. <laughs> They're 11th in the league right now, averaging 4.48 runs in 2022. When I tell you, Matt, last week I said when they score five or more runs, at that point they were 13-5. and five. Yeah. They're averaging less than five runs a game at home. Not winning. I, I don't have an answer. Like, this is the first time, like, since we've started this podcast where there's just simply been no answer. Yeah. For the disaster that is the Philadelphia Phillies. And I, don't, I, I just don't know how you fix it, what you do to fix it. Like, I'm very firmly entrenched in Joe Girardi should be fired simply as a means of what do you have to lose other than more games. But when guys aren't hitting and you you can clearly see they're not hitting and then you call up all these young guys and then they go, you know, 0 for 3 in one game and then it's like, oh, back to the bench. That's just poor... Roster man and yeah, why is Mickey Moniak back with the team if he's right. not gonna get why is Bryson Stott just riding <laughs> the bench? Like, that's why this team can't develop talent. Because they bring up these young guys to the major league level and then they just sit on the bench 
and never play. And when they do get the opportunity, they're coming in cold. And then, you know, one over day, and you're doomed. As Reese Hoskins singles to let Bryson Stott score, and the Phillies now have a one nothing lead that they'll probably blow in about two hours. Hey, my fantasy team appreciates it. Does not appreciate <laughs> the Gene Segura injury because I'm, I'm uh, my IL is not looking great. Um, for anyone who cares, Freddie Peralta who might also be, and I've been hanging on to a Desclafani, probably. Got to make. Let me just say. If I'm the Dombrowski of my team, I also have some difficult decisions to make in the next few weeks. I'm right there with I you, got, brother. I got some I, choices. I got Chris Bryant. <laughs> well, he's on my waiver wire, uh, and I am thinking about picking him up. The problem is he's got that back injury, yep. and we know how those are. And we know, fortunately, Chris Bryant is, in some ways, a little bit of an injury-prone guy. And uh, But it's so tempting. You look at him, you're like, God, fuck him. I mean, he got to pick up Chris Bryant, right? right? And that's like he doesn't play. So why would... Uh. <laughs> It's tough. That's what we do to ourselves. At least our I was trying to find. Hot. I was trying to find the Schwarber quote. Uh, he said something about at least we're not showing up at six o'clock at six for, o'clock seven for seven o'clock game. game. What it's the like, fuck does that mean, brother? It's like you said that and it wasn't even June yet. <laughs> that's that's an insane thing to say before we have we've even had like an official heat wave. <laughs> the first tropical storm hasn't even <laughs> brewed, and you're already checked out. Like that's crazy. <laughs> that's the craziest thing I've heard, brother. You're betting one eighty five. <laughs> And somehow still lead off. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. You could have rolled McCutcheon out with the torn Achilles and probably bats better than 185. Yeah. That's where we're at. I just... It's a tough time. There's... At least Nick Castellanos homered during a, another un, untimely manner on Memorial Day. Yeah. At least that part of nature. It's healing. so strange because, like, you look through everything with the Phillies, and you're trying to find a like, what is it specific? Like, we know the bullpen is not great, but mm-hmm. outside of that, like, what is it about this team that just sucks that just can't get it right? And there's no answer. I I look through every literally every stat in this to be like, what is it? What is it about the Phillies? Like, is it just something on the margins that we're just like not paying enough attention? And everything is just like, uh, you know, some things aren't great, but for the most part, it's like, yeah, it's just like a team that can't win games i don't know (laughs) and the crazy thing is too is that they've tried so many things you can't say this team hasn't spent money Mm -hmm. now they spent it i would say in a dumb way at times but they have spent money it's not like they're just like wasting away they went out made big uh free agent signings they've made big trades they've re-signed the big guys they've outside of like Obviously, that this team needs to develop talent better. That's the very obvious thing that this team doesn't not do well. But like, I don't know. Like, part of me is like given up on even like the this team has no ambition because they clearly do have ambition. I just think they're kind of stupid. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't. Know. It has to be incompetence at this point because my favorite quip ever, and this was from like three four years ago, was that there were teams that were bad when the Phillies were good, like really bad, got good. Even won a World Series, got bad again, and are and are now good again. Mm-hmm. In the same time that it's taken the Phillies to like figure out, or have just been able to, like I know you, you say what you want about the Houston Astros, they were in a rebuild period at about the same clip as the Phillies. Right, got their core together, won a World Series, consistently World Series contenders. You know they get rid of their manager, bring in Dusty Baker. They're still competing for World Series. 
they lose guys like George Springer, Correa leaves this year, and they're still good. Yeah. And that's just proof of player development. That's proof of talent scouting that we've talked about it for a while now since yeah. Brian Barber got here. I would here. also say a Justin Verlander renaissance. So yeah. <laughs> it's definitely helping. But, like, we're not going to see those types of talents developed for the next four to five years if we're lucky. Right. And then where is Bryce Harper at? You know, like, right. that's that's what's frustrating about all this is you, you messed up in the past so badly. And, um, yeah, I mean, the Astros, are that is a sign of a healthy organization. The Tampa Bay Rays, right? Mm-hmm. A healthy organization that no matter what is just like, yeah, we're going to have just good guys at every position. <laughs> for That's just how we're going to work. The Blue Jays now. Yeah. We're just going to we're just getting literally just good players everywhere. The Dodgers. Dodgers have always just thrown money at the problem, you know, like and you know, listen, good for them. And then when those money but they've guys even, go. They've even now like turned the like they used to, the re, it's kind of funny. We're almost where the Dodgers were in like the late 2000s mm-hmm. where it's like we're just spent hemorrhaging money on like big names and not developing around the margins like and now the Dodgers are doing both of those things. Yep. It's kind of terrifying. <laughs> And got the guy from the Giants, who when the Giants were good, were doing the same exact thing. Right. That's what I don't get is why. So we're willing to spend like $400,000 million on Kyle Schwarber, but we're not willing to spend like $3 million a year on like the scouting network or the mm-hmm. GM or the whoever president of baseball ops who's going to like make sense out of this shit. And that's not to say like this is, I'm not laying this at Dombrowski's feet, like this is all his fault, but like. You're also telling me you couldn't have found anyone other than Dave Dombrowski that was right. younger, smarter, has already had a track record of doing what in modern baseball works. Mm-hmm. Why Why are we not just like, why are we, <laughs> the bigger organization, simply not eating the smaller one? Seriously, though, why are we not just like throwing money? If we're going to throw money at the players, why are you not throwing any money? Why is Matt Clintock still in the books? <laughs> While working in Milwaukee. Like, why is he still getting paid by the Phillies, and we're not we're not trying anything else? That's the weird part too, is that this team is like refused to, from the outward perspective at mm-hmm. least, refuse to like actually build a better structure that's going to lead to long term success. Because it's unlikely you'll ever get like the homegrown class like we had that brings us to two thousand eight, but. You're certainly not going to get the next Jimmy Rollins right. doing what the Phillies are doing now. And I don't think it's a coincidence that, A, so many like young players that have started here that have ended up on other teams have flourished. I don't think that's a coincidence. And I don't think it's a coincidence that every young player here looks like garbage and mm-hmm. doesn't have consistency for whatever reason. That so many of these guys come up and get like 10 at-bats, and then that's it. I don't get it. But hey, it's it's Top Gun night. <laughs> Thank God. I I find it very funny, you know. Speaking of, of Top Gun, real quick, that like obviously Miles Teller in the movie, like everybody is like vehemently like on his dick for this movie, and like this past fall we were like morally chastising him for shoving crystals up his asshole with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, it's quick how people forget, huh? Well, when you got Scientology on your side, you know, it's the big. <laughs> it heals all. It does. So do the crystals, I heard. <laughs> the, uh, the Himalayan mud baths. Also known as poop. Um, well, they've both been immunized, so I want you. <laughs> I, and the, the thing, too, like, 
the Phillies, like you look at some of the the guys that they signed this offseason for this bullpen once again, and like somebody like Kenley Jansen was out there and he's pitching well for the Braves that you could have gotten on a one year deal, but you spent stupid money, pun intended, on bad players. And when you have Brett Myers on Twitter criticizing the the philosophy of this team where he said, quote, what else is there to say? The Phillies suck. <laughs> very talented players that can't find a way to win is very disturbing. It's definitely not for lack of trying, but they need to find a way. The Philly way has left this organization. Please bring back the intensity. What is that? E- like, not that he's wrong, but what does that even mean, though? You know, like, what is the intent? Like, that's what I can't. That's what's so hard for me with the Phillies is I can't tell you what exactly it is about this team that is, is bad. But again, besides the bullpen, which is not great. And that's just been, I mean, you could plug that in anytime you talked about the Phillies for the last decade now. But I couldn't tell you what is wrong with this team. No. I can't. And it's it's tough, too, because, like, as a fan, you start to check out a little bit. Because it's like, all right. What else can they do? What else can they do? And also, like, why am I wasting my time? <laughs> why Why am I watching? By the way, the Phillies consistently have, like, the longest games in the league this yeah. year, too. Like, which is just Longest obscene. and worst. Like, three and a half hour games. It's like, what? Am, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Not not sitting up till ten o'clock watching a team that's not entertaining. And that's the thing too, is they're not even like that fun and explosive. No. It's not like we're getting treated to like We got tons one little dick tease on opening day. Yeah. And that was it. It really hasn't been like the greatest show on turf, you know. No. <laughs> like it, but you know, it's been pretty underwhelming. You know who's the psychopath that's bringing uh, DJ to Citizens Bank Park for the first time on Friday night, Matt, to go watch the Angels probably pummel us? Uh oh, this guy. Are we are we getting an Otani weekend at any point? I don't know if he's pitching. Um, I would love, to but see I would him assume pitch. he's going to DH. I don't know if they've announced the rotations yet for the Angels or not. I see. I see Friday is uh, Friday is up, but. May not Friday to what, be determined uh, for both teams. Friday on here, we got Eflin is pitching for us, and okay. Silseth, Silseth is pitching for them. Not a pitcher I'm totally familiar no. with, I'm being honest. Be nice to see Otani pitch. That would be like, and that's what's crazy about the Phillies now, too, is like you're showing They're turning like, back just, into one of those teams. You're just like, oh, the Angels are in town. Be cool, yep. like, be cool to go see the Angels. I'd like to see Trout and Otani. That's fun. And that's literally what they were the entirety of their quote-unquote rebuild. It was like, oh, this team's in town. Let's go watch them. Yeah. I just, there's no answers for it. And everybody, like, we know Girardi's not the entirety of the problem. But, like, when you have his wet napkin personality of, like, no, like, heart, no emotion in the dugout whatsoever when anything good or bad happens and then literally just recycles doc rivers quotes of like yeah i'm not worried about my job yeah how did we end up with the two most like apathetic uh coaches how did how did we like swing that? stone age coaches who... he like is joe girardi is like a beach town police chief giving a very uninspiring press conference like, yes that's it he's like reading just straight from a script every time and he looks like he just can't wait till he can go home, change out of his uniform, and sit on his private beach. That's what Joe Girardi looks like every Shark time. Shark made landfall. <laughs> it's the worst. 
He's like a chore to listen to. I don't know who's worse, him or Doc Rivers. Doc at least says like some outlandish stuff where you're like, I can't believe he just said that. And then you have to like rewind. Like Doc has more entertainment and like the shock value. It's like, I can't believe you really think that about yourself. Whereas Joe Girardi's just like. Doc has called media members out by name. Right. Which is like interesting at least. He like sucks, but like there's, (laughs) there's at least intrigue. Um, They're like both bad movies, right? Where it's like. Doc is at least like Sharknado, where it's like, all right, well, at least they're going for something interesting. And I couldn't tell you what bad sci-fi original movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's like one of those ones from like the mid-2000s where like they made like the Iraq War into like horror movies, but it was like they'd enter a pyramid for whatever reason. This was on the sci-fi channel. They would like go to a pyramid in Iraq, whatever, um, and like a griffin would attack them. That is... Joe Girardi. It's like, this is the worst thing ever, but there's nothing else to do because it's July on a yeah. Saturday afternoon. So I guess I'll watch this. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's Joe Girardi to me. Man. But I, t- I tell you, he's not, he's not getting fired this season. There's no shot. His contract's expiring. No. They're just going to let him walk. Cause they're still and paying. You know, Kapler. it sucks too. He's like, I can already tell you what the spin is going to be, uh, like February of next year. It's like, whoever the, the new manager is. There's going to be, of course, our one statement signing. Um, and everyone's going to get reeled back in. Be like, Who's well, it going to be? Statement. I don't know who the free agents Let's are. Let's see. Um, uh, this would be 2022. Aaron Judge? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you'd fit the culture. Can't play in Toronto. Can't play in Toronto and can't play, like, 50 of the other games. Oh, they'll just, <laughs> they'll just go sign Trevor Bauer. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, he'll be back in a year and a half. Yeah. Oh, man. David Price is so us. That is so us. (laughs) We are so so getting David Price or Chris Sale. It's stupid. We are so getting David Price. We are so getting one of those two. Xander Bogarts would be like... Xander is very on brand, too. That would be like... He's a Dombrowski guy. And he'd be like, he's such a good dude. It's an overcorrection of Didi Gregorius. Yep. There he is, Xander Bogarts and David Price. Welcome to the Phillies. Yeah, and then they'll and then they'll like put a twist. Oh, we need a DH. Joey Gallo, welcome to the Phillies. Oh God, that'd be the worst. Yeah, Xander screams. <laughs> Xander screams. Screams Phillies off. Tell you what, you know, what I wish we had in addition to Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. Yeah, boys having a hell of a fight here. <laughs> be nice. That'd be nice. That or, you know, it would be hilarious. DeGrom. I would love DeGrom, but the problem, dude, he he's not going to stay healthy. healthy. Like, yeah, that's, that's the that's the sole purpose of why he's a perfect Phillies free agent target. We would tell ourselves. Would tell oh, he's going to be great. Look what yeah. happened to Wheeler. DeGrom won't pitch a single inning for us. Damn. Clayton Kershaw? <laughs> They'll go sign a role this Chapman for like $90 million. <laughs> oh, a rule shaft definitely fits. Definitely the fits. Definitely fits the culture. He'll just roommate with number thirty-seven. <laughs> yeah, Kimbrel. That's another one that screams. I, th- I think we got it right with Bogarts and uh, Ed Price. Those yeah. are those are our two. Both Dombrowski guys too. I'll just throw a fucking shit ton of money at both of them. <sighs> tough time, dude. Tough time to be us. Hey, at least Sanders a Liverpool guy. Yeah, that's the that's the saving grace. That's the saving grace. I think that's his attempt though to like have the Red Sox resign. He's like, yeah. 
hey john you know like big fan of your other ventures why don't you like keep me here please pay me some money tell you what they got it talk about resigning guys talk about letting mosalago for free I will be joining all my Red Sox brethren in solidarity. Some shit like that happens because it's going to be an issue. I'm talking bricks through windows. What a what a weird circle of uh, ownership fandom the Fenway Sports Group is. Yeah, if you're going like the FSGs, like, you're, you've had a weird time in you're life. A, you're <laughs> a Red Sox, Liverpool, and now Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Yeah. Kind of gross. I don't like being lumped in. With the Penguins, especially, don't really care. Like Red Sox fans are just kind of annoying. Yeah, we get it. They're I feel like they're the least of the annoying Boston sports. Oh, definitely. Though. But it's just like, as far as baseball goes, I feel like they're very annoying because it's like well, we didn't win for eight hundred and fifty-two years. It's like yeah. I never saw the Phillies win anything. Right. <laughs> so I don't. I don't <laughs> care. You've won. You won like five World Series since then. I'm not interested in your sob story. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you also were not a Red Sox fan until no. like 2011. Just please inspire me. They're definitely the least of the annoying. But speaking of the Penguins, real quick too, uh, that I am athlete pod. Apparently, Lashawn McCoy is like part of them now, um, and they have like a, a radio show on Sirius. And they were interviewing Aaron Donald. And I know Aaron Donald's from Pittsburgh. I know Shady's from Pittsburgh. But seeing LaShawn McCoy sitting in this interview in a Penguins jersey and a Steelers hat Tough. did not sit right with me. Was that the one where Aaron Donald was explaining how he watches film? Yes. And everyone was just kind of staring at him like mouth agape. They're like, what is this dude talking about? Yeah. Like, he is watching a different sport than me, clearly. Yes. <laughs> I've talked to Jamil about Aaron Donald a ton. And he's like, yeah, he's just a different breed. Might be coming back too. Yeah, he just signed with uh with Kanye. He's on Don, he's on the Donda Donda, Donda crew Sports and Jalen Brown. Yeah, shout out. We're gonna talk about the Celtics being the finals. Talking about how we just our, can't have fucking nice things. I, it's them, the fucking Rangers. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work and with the rise of streaming platforms new tv shows and movies are popping up every single week and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch well that's where streamer season comes in the exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for tv and movies on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network join me kb and a plethora of our hosts right here at usp breaking down all the new tv and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. I need the Rangers. And, and listen, I love our golf guys. I know they're from New York, so nah. at least it like makes nah. sense. But one... They always try to come at the Flyers when they're recording and talking about the Rangers, right? When I'm editing the podcast. And I'm just sitting there like, you truly don't understand. We fucking hate the Flyers just as much as you do. There's nothing you could say about the Flyers or really any Philly sport. No. I haven't already said. <laughs> like, exactly. It's not, on the record. <laughs> the thing is, is like when you're as negative as we like, listen, everyone slates us for booing our own teams and then thinks that they can like say things that'll hurt our feelings like brother no. like i have said worse to these people yes i've said much worse to our own players than you have <laughs> e you will ever be able to say 
I think the only team we've never badmouthed because they haven't warranted it is the Union. Right. Because they are they are the golden child. Yes. <laughs> it's like the meme, I know this and I love you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, the union have never done us wrong. It's like the, they, the butterfly never... meme, is this a success? <laughs> God almighty. But I need the Rangers to lose like no other. I would so. Yeah, I don't know I don't know who um I've always had like a soft spot for the Avalanche, like growing up. Yeah. So I'd like to see that. Um I know you were a big hockey fan fan growing up you see they're doing the uh the e60 on the the avalanche detroit red wings rivalry from back in the day those were like it's hard to describe how good the red wings were growing up like they were like an institution (laughs) in of themselves yeah those like uh joe sackick era those are some great teams everything everything changed when they flipped conferences i don't know what it is about um hockey now that i just haven't been able to fall in love with as much but like as a kid that's Dad was what I watched. It was hockey. My absolute favorite. Um, I don't know what it is about hockey now. I'm I'm trying. I, I'm making a, a, an earnest. Like, outside of Flyers, I watch very little hockey. Mm-hmm. Whereas, in the past, it was like, I was waking up. I would wake up two hours early every day before school because I was a psycho. I would wake up at like 4 a.m. I would watch. Uh, the NHL Network would do like a highlight show of all the games. I'd watch that. And then I would watch Sports Center, <laughs> and then I'd get then I would have breakfast and get ready for school. <laughs> that was my life. I think the the disconnect with hockey was just that there was no true network coverage. That's been the tough thing too. Like uh, now it's on ESPN at least, and like TNT, and they've been trying to recreate the the TNT like pregame, postgame show. Right. You know. Wayne Gretzky being on there, I think, is huge. And then, you know, you bring in Paul Bissonnette, who's just a – he's a Charles Barkley type. Yeah, they had – it was on, like, TSN mm-hmm. growing up. And that was, like, kind of weird network, too. Like, there wasn't – it's not really – and then, like, NBC got it. NBC games are always good. Um, Always a good, like, crew, like, commentators and all that. Like, NBC – NBC is my personal favorite, I think. Like, anytime any sport is on NBC, I'm like, I'm watching that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about NBC – not like standing them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna encourage you to get Peacock Premium or whatever. But like, there is something about NBC broadcasts, even as like a kid, that I always felt like. First of all, looked way better than other broadcasts. Like I remember like Sunday, um, Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Oh, for whatever reason, again, I don't know if it's just because I was up late watching football, but the like picture always looked clear. I just feel like everything about it was always my favorite. And even now, if there's a sport on NBC, I'm like, this is just better. Sunday Night Broadcast can be a little bit better this year, too. Yeah. Rico. Right. Taking over for Al Michaels. But, like, no one, no, like, ESPN was always fine. But, like, no, like, Fox, not as big of a fan. Yeah. CBS, not as big of a fan. I ESPN, I think, will be better this year now that it's Buck and Aikman. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested in that. But, yeah, so I, I guess we're really anyone but the Rangers, honestly. I was a little bummed yeah. that the Hurricanes didn't make it because we're like that. That's another, that's another sport where there's teams... In the time that it has taken the Flyers, there have been teams that have been good, won, th- won tangible trophies, been bad again, and now are good again. It's like, there we are. We sold it all. We sold we sold our souls. For what? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> For a Super Bowl and a World Series. I, I think we could have <laughs> negotiated a little better. A little better. Because it should have called Lundy Law. Like, <laughs> could have had... 
Could have had someone. It's good to have had a dog at the table. You know, that's what you need. <sighs> you don't need a nice guy lawyer. You need you need a dickhead, for sure. And you know the fucking Celtics being in the finals now it kills me. <sighs> what is it about the Sixers too? Like letting these good <laughs> coaches just like walk out the door. Like, why are we so good at developing coaches? And then we're just like, all right. Was it three of them now? See ya. <laughs> Tudoka, Monty Williams. It's unreal. Ugh. Quinn Snyder might be on the on the market, though. We'll see. Hide um, your girlfriends. I mean, definitely, because he looks like he might <laughs> kidnap them for well, ransom. You know the story about when he was coaching in college, right? Uh-oh. He was, he was banging the player's <laughs> girlfriends. <laughs> God damn it, Quinn. <laughs> he does sound like a comic book person, though. He looks like Quinn a Scooby-Doo villain. Yeah, definitely. Like, when you take the mask or those glasses. He's a little he's a little terrifying, but... I guess we gotta be Warriors fans, too. That's... Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah, it's... It's fine. I'd be fine watching the Warriors win another ring. Although... Just solidify Iguodala's... The only thing that would annoy me about that is we're already getting it. It's then we're having, like... The Steph first LeBron debate, and that's exhausting to me. Yes, I can't. I, I've I've seen even worse so far, where it's like, uh, if if the refs didn't screw the Warriors in 2016, and KD doesn't get hurt, we're potentially talking about Steph going for his sixth ring. Yeah, if yeah. LeBron, I don't know, had a more functional franchise when he first started in Cleveland, could have won like nine rings. <laughs> so I don't know. You like could make up anything. That's just the way the world works, is that things go wrong. Also, the the Warriors win in 2016. I don't know that Durant goes there. Like, you don't mm-hmm. know that that's... Like, how how hard-pressed are the Warriors? They would certainly have that conversation, but I don't know. I, I think it might be different if they win that year. I don't know that he ends up there necessarily. Might be in Boston. So, yeah. can't forget that. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, this might be bad for us. This it's might be tough. really bad for us. This, might be, this this could be like one of the worst last like five six year stretches in terms of like Philly sports rivals winning titles. We all know the traditional big four sports, and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me. Dom Ponteri and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's bad. We get, we get the Braves, Nats, potentially the Mets. Imagine the Mets and the Celtics in the same year. I can't believe I just vote. I'm really upset that I just vocalized that, but I think speaking it allows us to deal with the very present danger of it. You know, like you can't just let it build up in your yeah. mind because then it becomes much worse. Do we but classify now, the Raptors as a rival? They're like a divisional rival, but I think I it just hurts more because they beat us on the way. I don't too. feel like. I feel more upset simply because of the shot. Yeah. I don't feel it because, like, I've hated toronto fans yeah. my life or something until like, this there's year. some yeah until this year um but yeah like at the moment i was like i didn't feel like they're never gonna let us live this yeah. i knew like the nba community as a whole would not let us live that down because it's one of the you know, greatest shots ever yeah. and then leads to like a championship so of course it's never gonna be forgotten but um 
I wasn't like if that had happened against the Celtics, I probably never watch a game of basketball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's that's what it would have been for me. But let's hope. Let's hope Steph Curry got us. At least we have one thing to look forward to, basketball wise. Brought to you by the homies over at Pickup because I'm sure there's gonna be props about this all uh, draft season long. You guys can go to playpickup.com, start playing the hottest headlines in sports, rack up points on your fan profiles, cash them in for prizes. Playpickup.com. Officially, the Nets have uh, deferred to take the Sixers' 2023 first-round pick. So we have a pick this year, at least. Do have the pick, which to means I got which means I got homework to do. Thanks, Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> now I really, now I really got to redraft evaluations. Um, yeah, I, so I didn't double check this, but I think that that's technically worse for us because that means we can't trade uh, consecutive picks. Um, so that makes our potential trade decisions a little more narrow. I believe. I yeah, because it, we owe in. Oklahoma City 2025, yeah. and it's top six protected. Uh, and then we owe Brooklyn 2027, and that's top eight protected. Right. So I, th- I think there's like a step and rule there where we're not, it makes it not impossible, but like a challenge now. Yeah. Um, for us to really like make a lot of bigger swings. So um gonna have to see what happens with this pick. I no idea. <laughs> because it's hard to even imagine what the Sixers are um what direction they're heading here because they're very much obviously in win now mode. So you would imagine potentially a player and a pick to get someone. Mm-hmm. But who knows what that looks like. Um you got some big decisions to make this summer if you're the Sixers. And we'll see. This is make or break summer. And we've said that about every summer for the Sixers. It's also because every summer they come back with a new roster. So yep. <laughs> let's uh let's see what happens this this July, right? But um this I this is I mean truly, this is the make or break summer for the Sixers. Yeah. If if they there's not like something tangible coming out of here, it's never gonna happen. No. Because the East is not getting any easier and I, you know, what's going to be different about the East next year? The Heat will be a year older, and, like, that's it. The Bucks are just going to be just as good. Celtics are going to be just as good, if not better. KD and Kyrie will be on different teams. Could. <laughs> KD could be here, closer to the Union. Never forget the Joel Embiid tweet. Never forget to recruit it. KD to the Sixers. I'll never forget the Joel Embiid tweet of him wanting to go to Miami. So that was, <laughs> I think, classic. Classic troll right there. I hope, right? <laughs> well, if you're Howard Eskin, you think it's gospel. If you're Howard Eskin, you think that the moon is actually a cookie still. So <laughs> we're made of cheese. <laughs> Buffoon. Uh, I still can't believe the Celtics are in the finals. I can, because that's just that's just how it's going for us. That's just how the world's working for us. I can totally believe it. I can totally believe that that has happened. How on a scale of one to ten, how cringe did you find the? Uh, oh, I the, the Jason Kobe Pine text. Yeah, An eleven. Uh, <laughs> That's just the weirdest thing. It was a twenty-four to me. <laughs> That's I'm like I'm sorry. That's what the weirdest we thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, it's so like listen like, I get it like he, a friend and a mentor to you like you have a special connection. He had inspiring things to say to you. 
totally understand that there's like still like I get it, okay? Mm -hmm. That's just the weirdest thing that you could have done and then publicly announce. Be like, yeah, yeah, I texted Kobe's number. Like one, it's weird that you did it, but then to then go and say to somebody, hey, look what I did, like post this. So weird. But you know who eats that stuff up? It's like NBA Twitter. NBA Twitter and like those like dudes who think they're real estate agents, you know, where it's like, this is so inspiring, bro. Yeah. Like, you're such an elite ball player, bro. Like, landlords actually aren't bad. And here's why. Like, those types of people. It's like dudes that have like $10,000 in savings and think they're yeah. like moguls now. It's the guys that are up at like 3.30 a.m. in uh, Worldwide Wobs, like <laughs> Radio Roulette live stream. <laughs> These t- same dudes, like next week, it'd be like, someone stole my ape. And I have nothing now. Seth actually. Green? <laughs> Jesus. I mean, Christ alive. You what know, Maury invested in that, right? Not surprised. Good for him. Maybe that maybe that makes Daryl a little more uh a little a little more like inclined to be active because it's like, hey bro, you actually can't lose out on this income now. Like it's not it's not a fact of like, uh, you know, whatever, I got some money tied up. I was like, no, you literally are broke outside of whatever the Sixers are paying you because you're investing in monkey pictures. So why don't you go ahead and rack up something nice for us this summer, Daryl? Somebody tweeted because you bought a NFT of an, a Mountain Dew bottle. <laughs> Someone tweeted like the clip that was supposed to be the trailer. Whoever stole that picture of said ape from Seth Green did us all a favor. Yeah, I think that's because my God, my my eyeballs were bleeding like i was fucking 11 in stranger things after watching that because oh spoilers bro watch out well season two you know oh okay (laughs) fair enough uh fucking it was like real life humans and then cartoon nft characters in the same i was like doesn't this go against like everything that you're all trying to claim that NFTs are. No, well, see, Kyle, what you don't understand is... It's the blockchain, is, guys. It's, it's supposed to... Okay, well, it's supposed to be for the common man against the elites, but it's actually... We're going to celebrate every time one of the elites Buys says one. that they're buying it because that means that it's good and that it's in... Well, okay, so it's... How do I explain? So it's, like, on the fringes of society, and it's not backed by money. Like, fiat money doesn't back by anything either. So, like, really, no money means anything. It's just whatever you value by. But it's also, like, really cool when, like, I don't know, like, Merrill Lynch says that they're investing in crypto. It's like, oh, now it's legit. But we don't want that either, though, because this is, like, totally for the people. Even though 99% of all cryptocurrency is owned by giant whales who are just investment companies looking to dump it. Like, like, forget all that, though. Like, outside of that. I had someone at work try and convince me to buy cryptocurrency. I was like, isn't it like tanking the worst it ever has? He's like, yeah, it's the right time to buy. I was like, I, you know what? If I wanted to waste $100, I could go catch the Phillies tomorrow. Like, <laughs> I could, I could, their fanatic still has a Ben Simmons jersey. Uh, I could buy four of them. <laughs> no, they still select 120 ones. <laughs> they still have them listed. <laughs> Michael Rubin, what are we doing? <laughs> He's making bread. That's what he's doing. You Good grief! He's figured it out. Man, someone someone will drunk click and order it. Oh, a hundred percent. We'll get through this. Will we?
Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer. Upper 90. You already down. know. <laughs> you it's already know. I think that's how it always we went, goes. Like, like 45 minutes, and we were at like Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Here? We're trying to Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. We don't have a choice. That's uh, true. The way like the human spirit works is that we're just going to keep going until we can't. So At least we have the union, though. We do have the union. We have the union. We have the union. The one Philly sports team. It's strange because in some ways they have broken our hearts because they've been so close. Mm-hmm. Um, but every year it gets a little bit better with them. Yeah, it's not like that like defeated broken heart. Right. It's like I just we're so close to that breakthrough. Yeah. Um, whereas like, it's like the, it's like a new relationship, right? Where it's like, mm -hmm. wow, this is like kind of what I've been looking for. It's like, I'm going to see where this goes. It's like so many other Philly sports teams, we have these like scars and baggage. There's none of that with the union. Yeah. You just hop in now and you're good. You're watching a good team with good players and a, a great, great coach, coach win games. There you go. There's your goalies. <laughs> there's your pitch. <laughs> You don't have to do this. You don't have to watch Kyle Schwarper go 0 for 5. You don't have to do it. There's another Philly sports team that plays in the summer. That's the blue-collar team there down there, man. The Union don't even play in Philadelphia. They play in Chester. <laughs> That's such a good accent. There's scumbags down there in Chester. They ain't got nothing on Delco. It's really, that's really good. That's really I thought good. about incorporating that as a bit. Hard to argue. Um, Hard to argue with that. Now, last week you said the Union were out of the league running uh so they're out of the the u.s open cup okay uh, so there's like a, a similar to what the nba is trying to institute where there's this is pretty common in soccer mm -hmm. there's almost always some sort of league cup competition um and in, in some leagues they have like you have relegation so it gives like you know a team that's in the third division a potential chance to play like the top division team and that's huge for them right because you know, you're playing against a massive team and you get good like ticket revenue and stuff mm -hmm. um u.s open cup is similar um and they got bounced out of that by orlando city which is not great but um still obviously you know they have the whole regular season and then you know we'll get to the second uh, place now yeah i think um like one point behind fucking, what is it with philly sports teams in these goddamn new york, new york city teams fucking, i um, i'm like just fully like entrenching myself in the union over the past couple of years and i fucking hate new york city yeah, well, everyone does. Uh, oh. That's a good thing. Even their own owners hate them uh, because they yeah, refuse to get them a stadium. And then, I don't know if you saw this, they bought them a championship banner. That yeah, was, was the size of a placemat. Literally, I think this table is bigger. Yeah. 
um, and it's hanging in Yankee Stadium. Because the Walter? Yankees were like, you're not hanging that. Like, you're not hanging that. I don't know how to tell you this, but you can, like, wave that. You can wave that into your little soccer game or whatever, but you're not putting that anywhere You're not defaming that, the house that George bought. After Sundays, that thing is not seen. I don't care where you put it. We're not paying for it either. How much was it? $72? Absolutely not. That's the price of a beer and a pretzel here. I <laughs> Asking us to hemorrhage money? Are you kidding? That's that's how much the seat in Aaron Judge's fan section cost. Yeah. Yeah. So you need a nice. Because they're kind of on a break right now, too, right? Yeah. The, it's um. So there's an international break right now. The U.S. men's team actually just kicked off like a few minutes ago. Um, playing Morocco. Brendan Aronson gets to start tonight. You love to see it. Union alumni. Um. So, yeah, they're on an international break right now because uh, there's some World Cup qualifiers that got to get done, uh, you know, and then, then it'll be back to Tanya, dude. It's nice. You got you got a, a fun sports team that's not going to break your heart like the Phillies are to watch in the summer. Good uniforms, too. Good uniforms, good gear, good day out. That photo shoot they did with the underwater stuff, I don't know if you saw that. Yes. That was sick. Good team, dude. MLS, you know what? I'll tell you, I've tried to get more and more into it over the years. It helps that the union are good, mm-hmm. like and are watchable and like an interesting team to watch. But um, they got good stuff going on, you know. It's, you think there'll ever be relegation in MLS? I don't know. I actually don't think there will because it's funny because European leagues now are like being heavily invested with American owners, mm-hmm. and American owners are trying to find ways that they can. Because the problem is with relegation, right? Is that you lose the TV rights money, you mm-hmm. know, when you go down to the lower league. And some of these lower leagues still have good TV deals. You still get good right. money and, you know, attendance and all that. Um, but there, there are two, like, barriers for American owners that are so different to how American sports work. One is the idea of being relegated, where it's like, what do you mean I don't get an automatic check every year for the, the revenue of the league? That's insane. And two is you often don't own the stadium either. So you can't rent it out um, – for concerts, mm-hmm. for other sports events, for for whatever, um, you like that's not an option to you. Like typically, the city owns it, <laughs> or a lot of times there's even like supporter groups that still own the stadium or at least the rights and have decision. There's a lot more like, also too like they're a lot more urban, um, so a lot of times too there's even uh, like city councils will allow events in the off season to give like the local, you know, uh, population, the people that live around the stadium like a chance to not have, you know, crowded public transport, crowded mm-hmm. streets, a lot of noise and all that, um, you know, because they only get, you know, three, four months of peace <laughs> a year. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I would be honestly kind of surprised if there is because I think it's so antithetical to what American owners want. They don't want competition. Like, they, they want it closed off and to just be able to get money on money on money. The problem is that they're renegotiating for a new TV deal now, it's like kind of stalling out uh and like apple tv just dropped out um so we'll see where it ends up i hope not espn again just because like i I shouldn't say that espn's good because you have espn plus you can watch every game Mm -hmm. that's cool but i just i it just sucks i i'm not a huge fan of like espn i I don't really care for like their coverage all that much i think they could improve in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. um i don't know that there's like a perfect landing spot for them but you know that that price on that revenue is important to the league because that's how you grow. Right. Um, I think the MLS has to figure out how to, because soccer is huge now. Like it just mm-hmm. is like soccer is 
every bit, if not more popular, I would say, than, like, hockey. Yeah. It's probably closing in on baseball. I don't know that it'll ever... It'll never touch NFL, and nothing yeah. ever will. NFL is, like, just um, a monolith. And what the NFL is going for them, too, is they have fantasy football attached to that, which is, like, bam. Younger yeah. generation loves fantasy football. Now you have sports betting, which is, like, yep. tailor-made for football. That's never going away. But um, basketball is going to be really, like... I would be shocked, like, probably, like, in, like, 50 years if they're close to the NBA, but... You could, they, like, you could tell me that soccer just... The problem is soccer is, like, so fragmented mm-hmm. where you have, like... Some people are fans of, like, European teams or Mexican teams or just, like, international teams. Like, you have... Even within people who love soccer, it's like, well, do you like MLS? Do you like the U.S. men's national team? Do you like the U.S. women's national team? Do you like a European team? Like, <laughs> like saying you just watch soccer is like, well, what do you watch? Right. That's the first question you get. You've opened <laughs> one file folder. Right. There on are your 10 yeah. <laughs> now <laughs> that, uh, that you could fit into. And some people dip across all, but... Um, yeah, the future of MLS is fascinating to me because um, I don't know where it goes from here exactly. Because there certainly is the interest in the sport. You kind of have to get people interested in your league. And there's been some discussion, too, like they have. They have kind of a weird, like, salary contract structure where you mm-hmm. have designated players. You have TAM and GAM and all these, like... And it's like, we probably don't need that anymore. You could probably move past because you can only the designated player you get a certain number of them you can pay them however much you want but then you have a salary cap outside of that you have like and maybe i'm shortening maybe i'm wrong on this someone can yell at me if they want sort of similar to like almost like the supermax in the nba yeah it's like it's kind of like a hybrid of like the cap situation to like where in in european soccer you can just have however much you want to pay people however right. high you want your bill to go that's that's it <laughs> you can just pay it and there's no luxury tax or anything like that it's just you now okay you have to pay a lot of money then um where you get to do that with like a few players you get to pay them as much and then you're restricted mm-hmm. on uh like cap held positions so um i'm curious where the mls heads from here but every year it's getting more and more popular yeah. and you know you know you, you're able to expand teams like a lot of the expansion teams great support like great following like people care about the sport um and and do a lot to uh to make it interesting and fun yeah i mean i think the way that it's looking right now like i saw devin ganey shout out happy birthday to devin uh she quote tweeted a tweet today and it was like how would you rank the four major philadelphia sports in terms of like where they sit right now she said it was eagles union sixers phillies flyers don't even get a spot but it's kind of you know where it's at right now. right where it's like the eagles haven't played this season yet so obviously there's still like that like mystique and like hype around them from everything they've done this off season. but then in season right now it's like the union and then everybody else is way beneath them right yeah the the union are a team that is like again consistently over the last few years now has been at the very top of the conference uh won the supporter shield hasn't been able to make that final they would have last year if it wasn't for the yeah. this, that terrible covid breakout right for the conference final so stupid <laughs> just the worst thing that could have happened um probably make the cup final without that you know almost did in spite of that um but, I mean, they're like a perennial contender now. And the way they do it is, I think, how, how like, people describe their, like, ideal, like, 
local team, right? Is how the union do it. It's mm-hmm. a lot of like homegrown guys. They make like just smart signings. They make good decisions. They buy players that like they have a, a, a very like real system that they work within. They have a certain type of play. It's not the most beautiful way to play. I'll say that. It's not the most pleasing. <laughs> like you're not gonna be like, wow, that was amazing. It's, they're they're definitely more like defensive minded team, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, you know, people can get their joy out of that, but um, they're a good team and they're well run. They're smartly run too. Like they they do a lot of really really good stuff that I wish other Philly teams would like peek over the desk and yeah. look at because. You could take I think, a trip to something. Chester, guys. I mean, seriously, I think they could really learn something if they like just had a conversation with with people within the union and said, like, "All right, so how do you do this? Yeah, <laughs> teach us how to uh, how to develop people and promote the right people from within and uh, make smart decisions." This is such a long term question, but obviously, the union only have one player with a retired jersey. With uh, Sebastian Latour, right. do you think anybody else like of this era gets that honor? Bedoya could. Um... Again, the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Blake, it's hard to see. I don't know. Someone with like more more deeply invested in the union might be able to speak to that better. Yeah. Um, I think Bedoya might. He hasn't spent like his, you know, entire like formative years here, right? But like has become very much like the favorite, especially if he like. I mean, he was obviously here when we win our first actual trophy, but, you know, if we win, like, the cup, right? Mm-hmm. I think Bedoya is, is a good shot. Such a likable guy, too. Like, if you could, if you just, like, wrote down sports captain, like, the adjectives to describe <laughs> sports captain, like, Bedoya fits all of them. Um, and he's had, like, a crazy career as well. So, he he might be on there. It's, it's tough because the union's model is almost, like, almost works against having like someone for 10 years like it's mm-hmm. just like and it, uh, that's rare anyway in in most sports but soccer as well like um the union kind of strike me as a team that are happy to let their best players go knowing that they have something better or they have all right well listen we're not paying him that money you can go on we did it with shabilko like we've we've looked at these cities we did it with montero we're like listen fine <laughs> you can we because they have when you have like a, str- it's like the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. Like they are honestly like they are very similar in that. Like fine, walk. We literally like, we will go clone three a, a reason a reason is right now. Like Aronson's got a brother. So. <laughs> like there's literally there's literally a Paxton right behind him. Like we'll figure it this out. This is V two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they do though. Like they just they figure it out, and that's that's the best you can say about them. Man, if only every team was like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> one day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> One day we'll have a city full of unions. Um, Survivor 42 has wrapped. Wow. Crazy to uh, conceptualize that. But Marianne, your sole survivor. You know what? Um, in the last few weeks, it started to feel like she had a much better chance than I was giving her. She was in my bottom three a lot. Um, apparently that was part of her plan. I think she had one of the best final tribals I've ever seen. She, it felt like she 
had the questions that she was going to be asked all 26 days mm-hmm. and just like thawed through all the way perfect responses and not even just like of what she said the way she like carried yeah. herself was clearly confident in her game she understood exactly what to say how to package it how to package her game uh she had the big moves i thought when she pulled the idol out she's like i can i was like it's over as soon yep. as she put that i was like that's done Vince no Carter, shot. insert here. It and it wasn't helped by Mike. And there's like a trend I think sometimes to like older dudes. It reminded me of Coach in one of, I think the season that Sophie won, where I think it was it was pretty much an identical situation where the jury wanted them to just own up to the fact that they lied throughout the game, and that's fine, and that they had used you know like their social skills and they'd used whatever to just get ahead in the game, and they like never committed to that it's like well <laughs> all right then like you don't, you're not gonna ah, win shit you know like and not that mike should have won over marion or whatever but it's like you you had it there you probably had a much better shot if you had just owned up your game to being like yeah i i'm good at talking to people i use that to get myself for like it's a game mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that now maybe we saw you know i don't know, always the caveat of we don't know what we don't see in the final tribal and all that but from what we did see Marianne just killed it. Um, it's another season where there's a female winner that I don't think up until the last like three or four episodes, I and maybe that's a bias that I have. I don't know. But I didn't feel Erica was like a strong contender until the last few episodes. We were like, holy shit, Erica mm-hmm. might win. Um, and I don't know if that's a product, too, of the shorter season. Shorter season. Also, I just feel like... Marion was in this season a lot. Yeah. Like, way more than Erica was. Um, and it just felt like Marion was set up because she was just such a, like, good personality. Mm-hmm. Like, she was, like, such an, um, she had an interesting story. She's always, like, overwhelmingly positive. Um, and she seemed like she just was, like, good TV. And it felt like she was getting, like, the, oh, uh, like, we love Marianne. Like, she's on the next fans' favorites. And her roller coaster of emotions right, every like, episode was just, like. But it felt like she was just standing up as, like, a fan favorite now. Yeah. Like, here she is. Like, like this remember is, like, back to, like, episode, like, the first episode, like, day two, when uh, Jackson had to leave. And, and she's, she's, like, stop. S- like, Immediately. somebody just, like, killed her dog. Immediately. Um, But she killed it, man. I mean, that's all. <laughs> like, she, she played the game super well. Um, and she, again, when you can give your, when you can give that good of account of yourself, Mm -hmm. um, at the end that helps too. And I I thought, like I said, just one of the most impressive final tribals I can remember. Um, I'd love to, I'd love to go like deeper on that and see like who really had the best final tribal. But, um, I do feel like the jury was being honest when they said that it was probably up in the air. Mm -hmm. So I, I felt like either Mike or Marianne. Going into the 100%. episode, going into the final episode, I feel like, you know, both of them I knew had the the idols. So it's like they're both going to be in final four. One of them is making the final three. You know, like, what are the yeah. odds, right? But, like, one of them, and I just felt like, okay, like, they've both played good games. Um, the only person, besides Romeo, the only person I felt like was flawed and that, you know, like, I was concerned about going to the final three is maybe Jonathan. Because mm-hmm. I think, like, there might have been the perception that maybe he didn't have the best, like, strategy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, depends on what he has to say for himself. But um, Marianne just hit it out of the park. And Mike did not live up to the uh, live up to the billing. I don't think he got flayed. No. In, but, you know, I just – he did not give them what they were looking yeah. for. And they gave him, like, right off the bat, the question. Like, mm-hmm. Tori gave him the question. Like, 
tell us why you win like like tell you tell me why to vote for you and i i might <laughs> like and he he just couldn't uh couldn't handle that marianne uh introduced mike and his now wife for the first time uh as husband and wife <laughs> which i thought was pretty cool um this season too like just felt like and i think last season as well like the most opportunity for repeat players absolutely again i don't think it's a coincidence either that we've had two very strong casts right after the decision to make a more diverse Mm -hmm. cast like you know you have this new initiative um i don't think that's a coincidence i don't think it's a coincidence either that you get two uh women of color in back-to-back seasons canadian canadian women of color sorry um i don't think that's coincidence either you know like uh that's and you know like that's the way survivor should be mm-hmm. like you know it should it should be a nice cross section of like if you walk down a street look at like who are the people that you're seeing those are the people that should be on survivor you know what i mean like it shouldn't all just be like white lawyers like yeah. <laughs> like um did you see drea won the sia fan favorite award so i didn't catch the reunion but that's awesome i don't th- i don't know if they did it on the reunion or not um because I, I watched that all the way through. I don't think they showed that, but they posted it on Twitter. Um, and Good Drea, Drea. They, like, surprised her. She, she was, like, on a, like, Zoom call or something with the producers or something. It was like, and now we have Sia. And Drea, like, broke down. Um, <laughs> they showed the, the preview for season 43. Yeah. And when I tell you the amount of times my jaw was dropping just from the, the cast we are going to have in yeah. the fall is pretty wild excited um you know survivors like i think re-injected a little bit of, i you know i'm not sure i still totally how i feel about the 26 days mm-hmm. um overall i'm i hated how much jeff was hyping up the the do or die yeah like I, the do or die is the only thing i absolutely do not ever want to see back in the game i hate that and i feel like that's the, the consensus on like survivor twitter absolute worst um I didn't really care for the hourglass twist. Those are the only two yeah. things that I hated. Like that I was like, mm. do or die, absolutely never back. Hourglass, I don't know. It's not that interesting. Don't bring it back every season, maybe. It's such an obvious choice is the problem. Like yeah. no one's gonna choose to not be immune. Sorry. <laughs> you could tell them that breaking the glass is gonna do any number of things, but that they're also immune, they're probably breaking it because mm-hmm. that's just so important. But um Yeah, it's, I think for all the I think negativity about the twists for the most part they didn't fine. really I, you know and they a lot of times they never even panned out you know like no. for the very first time we finally saw an extra vote actually used properly mm-hmm. um i didn't i don't like the idols having to do like the uh say at the yeah. challenge i'm drinking whatever um i don't mind it being a risk to get an idol i like that addition of like you don't just find an idol down there you go yeah. like you have to kind of work for it um incorporate more of like oh you got to go to the other tribes beach or type thing, while or, at the challenge you have to find the thing hidden under whatever or like how know. they did with drea like she had to reach into the paint and like her yeah, arm was that was now you gotta perfect like that's the way it should be where it's like you do put yourself at risk mm-hmm. in some way but not because then everyone knows <laughs> literally yeah. everyone knows you have an idol now and that's just not not fun i liked more uh tree mail on screen this yeah, season getting a tree mail great. readout was a blast from the past um but i don't know if you saw the uh the trailer for 
season 43. I'm pretty sure it's the very first castaway with a prosthetic leg. Uh, no, there was a uh, contestant on Vanuatu, I believe, that had a prosthetic leg. Hmm. I'm, I'm pretty certain it was Vanuatu. Uh, that was one of the guys versus girls seasons. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that a uh, contestant on there had a prosthetic leg. That's cool. And then another uh, former gang member, <laughs> as we had in season 41. Gang member turned pastor, obviously, with Shan. But, um, again, cast looks wild. And, like, some of the the cast members, like, when you see, like, what their careers are, it doesn't match up with their face at all. Chad Crittenden had a uh, he had the distinction of being the show's first hmm. amputee contestant. I forget if that season was wild. I don't know if the one this year is season forty three might be the first female. Yeah, I, outside of Chad, I can't remember. Yeah, um, I can't remember any, but I, any like not any that came to mind. Uh, I just remember because it was a big deal, and I was re- I just read it in the wiki too. I remember it being a big deal that um people thought that it would be he'd be hard to beat because mm-hmm. he would have this like story. It's kind of messed up, <laughs> like. Kind of a messed up thing to say, I guess, but it is what it is. It's like I don't want to, I don't want to play with this guy. He might win. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of backwards. That was a wild yeah. season because, um, at the end, it was like I think the the women just totally outran the men. I mean, they just they just figured it out. They had like a great voting block. I want to say it was down to like six. Women versus one man, and the, and the guy ended up winning. I can't remember his name, unfortunately, off the top of my head, but um, he, like, somehow navigated that, like, the final, like, five or six votes being the only dude left and was able to, like, move people, and, and some of the girls started, like, turning on each other and, and going after one another to try and uh, try and move forward, but um, Benuatu was a wild season. I, I, wonder if they, I wonder if they do, like, battle the sexes again. That or like, I didn't hate Blood versus Water either. Me either. It was Chris. Chris won the Vanuatu. Um, yeah, I, I didn't hate him. I didn't hate Blood versus Water either. But like, I don't. I don't know that they're gonna go back to like the themes either. Yeah. I think they're kind of happy doing the just generic, bunch of random people. Maybe you know she's a Paralympian. That's sick. Um. Yeah, I think, I think just keeping it generic at least for yeah. a few seasons. I wonder, you know, probably not forty four, but I would say forty five. Or I would be shocked if we don't get like a recast season. If we don't get mm-hmm. like, and it's forty five too. You know, they they like the like the solid yeah. numbers. If it's like a fans versus favorites type of deal or something, or um, like a second, second chance. chance would be really cool. Like I, I, and it's enough time has passed too that you have enough people to like pick from or it's like you'd like to see them play again mm-hmm. um and it would be, be cool to incorporate you know if it is 45 like four seasons of this new like turbo style right. of survivor and then some of the the former castaways that did the 39 days and now they have to acclimate to that i, I saw vizepia's uh instagram post she wants to play again she was upset she, and i didn't realize she didn't get called for uh 
for winners of war which sucks hmm. she's a great winner right. <laughs> she like way uh way ahead of her time too yes in terms of like social play like an underrated win i would say um, like who she, do you think from this season would be on a second chance That's a tough call. Um, I think Jonathan. Jonathan, I th- I think people really I think like the generic Lindsay really loves Jonathan. Like it's usually yeah like the the bigger bald. It was very of- interesting during the reunion too. They talked about Lindsay was supposed to be on season forty one, really, but she tested positive for COVID. That's it sucks. T- <laughs> and that uh, sucks. She was talking to Jeff about stuff and like she was like, all right, I'm gonna do whatever it takes, you know, to to be back. And Jeff was like saying, "Yeah, for like season forty three or whatever." She's like, "No, next season I'll be there." Um, so yeah, she was supposed to be on forty one, but she made it for forty two. I think she would be back. Um, I think Drea would be. Drea, I think would be up there. Um, I, you can Homer. name them all. You can name them all, and like, it's like anyone, especially like post merge, would be like, yeah, "Yeah, probably." Like the entire uh, jury, almost. Like you, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them play again. I'm trying to look pre jury. Um, uh, Daniel, maybe. I could see people want Daniel yeah. back. Um, people might want Jackson back too. People really liked Jenny. Yeah. People were upset Jenny got a got the off the short early. end of the stick. Um, and sometimes it's those type of people. Like, I can remember. <laughs> Kelly Wentworth. Um, so I had started watching Survivor in sh- her third season was Edge mm-hmm. of Extinction, right? Um, so I knew that she was like a big deal. Like yeah. I knew like she clearly was like a f- enough of a fan favorite to be like on. And then I watched her Blood vs. Water season. I was like, I'm not seeing it. Like she didn't do anything amazing. But then in Cambodia, she's like one of the best yeah. Survivor plays ever. Um, and it was like a much more interesting player. Like, okay, now I understand. But like sometimes it's not the person that's like amazing mm-hmm. you know sometimes they're just like people like them and they might have gotten voted out like fourth and people still want to just yeah. watch them play again where it's like they didn't get enough from them right they'd like to see more i'd like to see that give us you you could arguably say like the entire post-merge cast anyway I'd like season. pick anyone from there and i don't think i'd be disappointed like seeing them play again which is Omer, like 100%. Same for last season, too, though. Yeah. You know, last season, pick anyone from that post-merge. Absolutely. High would be great. I think, again. who was the guy, even pre-merge, the one with the broccoli? Uh, oh, uh, Brad. Brad. Bring Brad back. <laughs> I'd watch that. Kidding me? Go back to my farm. <laughs> <laughs> We're two for two, Matt, since we've started talking Survivor in season of uh, getting top two finish. Listen, like I said. Sean and Mike. Listen. If you are firefighter from the Northeast and you are on Survivor, I'm I'm picking you. I'm picking you. I'm riding you all the way. Do we do we way too early predict now that Survivor if there's a girl from New Jersey or a firefighter? There from the are Northeast, those two are. from Philly. Uh oh. There are no. I was looking uh, after they revealed everything. The, um, the Jervis, the Jervis gene, <laughs> the Wendell, the gene. Jervis gene of not being aware that you're being uh, just picked off one by one. Um. So this is the cast. Uh, Jay Jones is from Philly. Okay. And then uh, Mariah Young is from Philly. And then there's somebody from like right outside. Philadelphia to Downingtown, Lindsay. 
the way too um, early. This is not even close tough, to tough our to prediction, but we're just we're just glossing over this cast. Two two people from Hawaii this season? That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's always that's always a bit. This was the Mike Gabler does not look like a heart valve specialist whatsoever. Mike Gabler, I, <laughs> not sure. Not my pick. Not my pick. Oh uh, man, it's tough. You have another student this year too. Yeah, yeah. They love. There's definitely a theme with the, mm-hmm. with kind of how they're how they're approaching this now. It's tough. It's tough. I will wait till it's on yeah. the, the the survivor. Tell you what, I like Cody Smile. Yes. I like Jay Smile. And you know what? Jay, I, I think it's always it's a it's just that it's that nice picture. Jay's got a nice smile, comforting, looks like a funny guy. I'll roll with Jay. Jay, if you want to come on the podcast. Un- unofficially, I will unofficially. roll with Jay. You know, we get, I don't too... that's no disrespect. This is off season. But I'm just saying, you know, like that is my unofficial pick. I'm not locked yeah. into that yet. Because you and I are pretty lockstep with... I would say we have a similar vibe thinking and, and feeling towards uh, looking at some headshots and deciding who we think <laughs> might make it <laughs> in a game that, frankly, is not even totally skill, is is oftentimes reliant on luck, yeah. things out of that person's control. But you know what? Hey. Make it work. Uh, so we're in the off season now, um, but if you guys want more Survivor content, tweet at us. At Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, uh, comment on the YouTube comment section. Leave it in the Apple Podcast reviews. We'll see what we can cook up. Um, and of course, make sure you guys are following us. Like I said, at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. Follow me at KBIZZL three one one. Check out the website UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com for all of our written content. Uh, Stephen McAvoy's got a blog going up about the PGA Tour equivalent of what the uh, Soccer Super League was going to be, Matt. It is official. It's Saudi Arabian uh, League or something, Yeah, it's right? like the LIV or yeah. something like that, uh, where apparently Dustin Johnson is going to play. Um, so he, that'll be up very soon. Uh, of course, subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. Leave the, you know, hit the like button, click the bell icon, comment down below uh, so you don't miss a single second of your favorite Underground Sports Philadelphia shows. Big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, Tomahawk Shades. Go to TomahawkShades.com, use promo code USP for 25% off your order at tomahawkshades.com kenwood beer go to kenwoodbeer.com and use the kenny tracker to see who's got kenwood beer on tap in the philadelphia area you gotta be 21 or older to do so and of course please drink responsibly this has been episode number 434 of underground sports philadelphia for matt i'm kb until next time we're getting the hell out of here peace